You're listening to Tune FM, and today we're talking about fossils. Do you know what to do if you find a fossil or artifact on your property or while out and about? A 2022 study found that while the majority of people would report their finding, there were still significant barriers to people understanding what they should do in the event that they found a fossil or other First Nations cultural artifact. Today, I'm talking to Sally Hurst, whose master's thesis formed the basis for the Found a Fossil project. Thanks for coming on the show today, Sally. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Sally, you've been interested in paleontology and science since you were like a little kid, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think me, along with every other four-year-old, was very into dinosaurs. So what actually got you inspired to start this project? So I had come to the end of my degree at Macquarie University in Sydney, where I had studied paleobiology and ancient Egyptian archaeology. And I knew that if I went out into the workforce, I would have to choose one of those fields. I would go and be an archaeologist, and that's kind of all you do. And same with paleontology. You, If you're a paleontologist or even working in a lab at a museum, you're just doing one thing. And I really didn't want to have to choose Um, So I decided to continue studying to do the master's project because that allowed me to design my own project. Um, So it was quite exciting to be able to come in and do a cross-disciplinary thing that no one had ever done before. Um, And yeah, that led to the creation of the Founder Fossil Project and website. Which is really cool. By the way, I was having a look at it before and everyone out there should go and check it out. Are people likely to stumble over a fossil or an Indigenous artefact while out bushwalking or digging on their property, things like that? It's honestly a lot more common than people think. So many people I talk to are like, oh, it's interesting, but that would never happen to me. Um, but I know I have quite a few relatives who are farmers um, up at Moree kind of um, direction, and they'll often come across things, whether it is fossils or First Nations artefacts, All of this stuff is across the entire Australian landscape and it can be in beaches, it can be in national parks, it can be in your backyard. So, you know, you always want to keep an eye out just in case you do find something very cool. Growing up on the coast, I'm very familiar with all the middens that we have down there, which sort of raises a question if you're finding these artifacts and fossils on your property. Can you own fossils and things like that that you find if it's on your land? So the laws do vary state to state, but in New South Wales, there's pretty much no laws that actually govern who owns things. So it does mean that if it's on your land, you are the owner. Um, Generally, we'll still encourage you to contact a museum or a university so we can get it identified because sometimes it might be a shell of a brachiopod or something, which we have 10,000 of, and we're like, you you keep that. You Well done. Put it on your mantelpiece, and that's a cool piece of history. But sometimes the things that people find are entirely new species. It could be an entire dinosaur or um, I think two or three years ago, a farmer found a fossil site on his property that was, um, I think, about 25 million years in age. And it's now one of the best fossil sites that we have in Australia. And it has all of these soft bodied fossils, which are super rare. And yeah, because he contacted a museum, he now gets to be involved in that research. The fossil site is named after him in scientific papers. So yeah, there's a lot of cool things that people can be involved in. You mentioned soft-bodied fossils. What's the difference between a soft-body fossil and, I suppose, a, a hard-body fossil? Yeah, so most fossils that we get are hard-bodied fossils. So it's things like bones, um, things that are part of the skeleton that in life were already quite hard. And so when they preserve and mineralize, they're also quite hard. So they tend to preserve a lot better. 
So things like bones and teeth are probably the most common ones and teeth are amazing because they give us so much information and they preserve really well. Soft-bodied fossils, exactly as it sounds, anything that was a soft part of the body. So feathers, hair, fat, skin, scales, none of this preserves very well. And so if we can get a soft-bodied fossil, it's usually incredibly rare and gives us a lot more information than we would usually know. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, so the survey you conducted, which I believe was as, as part of your master's thesis, in that you found that the majority of people who responded would actually report their findings to a, a museum, I think was the major one. Is that the right place to report the discovery to? Generally, yes. Um, as I mentioned, there's not really any legislative requirement to report fossils. Um, and yeah, general guidelines are our state museums often have the staffing and resources. They actually have a paleontologist, at least one on staff, mm. who can help to identify these finds. And if they do think it's a brand new site, then they can send a team out there to kind of research it more. Um, otherwise, universities who do also offer paleontology courses. So University of New England is a great one. Flinders University in South Australia um, they also often have their own collections, their own paleontologists, people who can help you figure out what you've actually discovered. Yeah, so which actually brings me to my next question. How can we identify that an artifact, you know, if it's a First Nations artifact, is actually an artifact that we should be reporting the discovery to someone? So a lot of the time people are really worried that if they do find something, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. What if it's just a rock? Um, but the best thing you can do is just leave it where it is anyway, if it's safe to do so. So, you know, if it's about to get run over by a tractor or something, then, you know, keep it in the same paddock, but move it to the fence line. And then you can take photos of it. You can send that to a museum, to a university. You know, if you know any archaeologists um, or First Nations people in your network, they might know people who can help to identify these artifacts. And then hopefully they will know the kind of next steps of, OK, do we need to report this? Usually the answer is yes. Um, and usually you would do that through your state heritage body, but often that university or that archaeologist, um, you know, they can kind of help to report things on your behalf. Yeah. So, Sally, you mentioned earlier um, that there's not really any legislation in New South Wales surrounding, I guess, the conservation of this sort of stuff. What work is being done to improve or even create any legislation to help protect cultural artifacts and fossils that we find? Yeah, so the case for fossils and artefacts, it is a little bit different. So unfortunately, in New South Wales, they're both covered under the same National Parks and Wildlife Act of 1974. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly outdated. It's very vague. Um, so for fossils, they're only protected in national parks and nowhere else. There is no other information about fossils in that legislative mm. act. Um, there's a bit more about Aboriginal cultural heritage and kind of reporting requirements, but it's still really hard to understand and you know this was again a big thing for creating the project that I got to the end of my degrees and was going if I did find something you know I grew up on a farm that mum still has so you know it's not out of the question if I did find something what am I meant to do with it who am I meant to tell how does the reporting work and even even after doing all of this research for this project it still confuses the hell out of me so if someone else is trying to do like you know just a quick google search of who am I meant to report to? It is really hard to find this information. And so changing the legislation itself is a very, very long-term process. 
unfortunately, there's not a lot of political will out mm. there to change the legislation or put the man hours into creating a new bill. Um, I think in 2022, there was a suggested um, Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Bill that was introduced, but unfortunately, it didn't get through all of the stages of Parliament. And so all of that work and all of those new potential laws were looking really hopeful, but it just hasn't gone anywhere. And there hasn't, as far as I know, there hasn't been like a renewed push Mm. to amend it and present it again. Um, But a big thing with the project was, look, we understand the budget limits, the staffing limits, everything that's going on with government and museums and all these other institutions that are meant to be in charge of protecting this heritage. We get that. But things like editing a website, things like creating a blog post hosted on that government or on that museum webpage is so easy. It doesn't take long. You can pull information from the Founder Fossil Project. And, you know, if something as simple as editing a website can help to protect this heritage in the future, it's easy to do and it is so worth doing. We just have to get the right people to see that information to go, oh, yeah, I can do that right now. Yeah. So because there's no legislation, really, that means there's not really any repercussions for, I suppose, the the destruction. Is that a common occurrence that someone might find something and go, well, there's no legislation, there's nothing, you know, stopping me from just getting rid of this? Is that a common occurrence? So for Aboriginal cultural heritage, there absolutely is big fines and repercussions. However, actually enforcing those and getting proof that you know, if someone did destroy something, they can claim it was an accident and there's not really any way of knowing was it an honest mistake or was it, you know, a purposeful destruction. I think there definitely is destruction of the material. I would say much more so for Aboriginal cultural heritage than for fossils. Um, And mainly that is because a lot of landowners are really scared of this myth that if you find Aboriginal cultural heritage on your property, that can be grounds for your land being taken away. This is a myth that's been perpetuated for decades, kind of starting from when the Native Title Act was introduced in the 90s. And again, just the really poor communication to the public, not having it written in easily accessible ways meant that this myth got picked up by a radio station and it just went. Mm. And now, decades later, so many landholders are still or I'm not going to report anything just in case that happens to me. Um, And so, you know, half the time they won't actually go and explore that, oh, that is a myth. I can go and report things. They're just, it's, yeah. Unfortunately, it is a lot of fear um, that kind of drives that destruction. Um, I think potentially if people mix fossils up with um, Aboriginal artefacts, you know, a lot of the time they're both stone kind of based or mineralized, Sometimes they can both look like rocks and so people might go, oh, I don't want to report this one just in case it is this other thing. Um, And so, again, there might be a lot of, you know, really cool fossils or sites out there that people are just like, just in case I get in trouble or this myth is true, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. So, you know, growing up on a farm yourself, you you have some experience with this, at least the, the myth side of things. Yeah, absolutely. When I was first starting this project and kind of creating the questions for the survey, um, one of the questions was, you know, if you did find something that you knew was a fossil or that you knew was an Aboriginal artefact, would you tell anyone and who would you tell? 
And I asked my mum this question, just kind of, you know, in creating, um, just as a bit of a draft of the project. And it kind of it really made her sit down and think. She's like, it was a, if it was a fossil, I'd tell you, absolutely. And I'd be really excited to know what it was. For Aboriginal artifacts, I'd probably still tell you, but I wouldn't feel comfortable about you reporting it. Because, mm. again, you know, I know it's not true, but just in case that land reclamation thing is real, I'm just a bit hesitant to do that. Um, so, yeah, and I have quite a few uh, family members around New South Wales who are also farmers and same thing. Um, I went up to one of my uncle's properties a while ago and he was like, Sally, I have this box of fossils or box of <laughs> stone artifacts that yeah. either he had found or had been passed down or found around the area or on the property. And he was so excited by them. He was really interested in the history. But again, he was like, you can take photos, you can, mm. you know, um, look at them but please don't tell anyone kind of thing. And I think that's the same case for a lot of farmers, that they are so interested, um, and I guess for a lot of white people in general. Like, we're very interested yeah. in this culture. We want to engage, but we don't want to get in trouble or say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And so we just kind of take that step back and go, well, just in case, I'm not going to engage because I don't want anything potentially bad to happen. So if we were to report it, you know, if you're a farmer and you find this on your property... What is actually going to happen if you report that find? So the main process is that you would report it to in New South Wales, Heritage New South Wales. Um, they might ask for photos or if they have staff available, they will try and send an archaeologist um, or First Nations person out to your farm to kind of authenticate what you have found. Now, depending on if it's just some individual artifacts or if it's a wider site, they can kind of determine with the farmer okay are we just not going to touch these artifacts or this site are we going to put a fence around it we're going to do a buffer zone sometimes it might be that they will take the stone tools and they will put them in their own keeping place or collection for safety um, but a lot of that is kind of negotiated with the farmer um, and the person who kind of goes out to authenticate these finds they will often get in touch with the local aboriginal community on your behalf to figure out what next steps are. Um, unfortunately, again, it can be a long wait for this kind of stuff to happen. Um, budget cuts with everything, again, we get it. Um, but there are also quite a few local kind of grassroots approaches you can go to. So if you know someone in your local First Nations community um, or at a university or something associated, go to them. Go and ask them. Maybe they know someone. Maybe they can kind of be that person to authenticate the thing for you and give you some advice on what to do. Um, I know that at UNE that happens. And so um, I think we have kind of a keeping place or a cultural heritage um, sort of repository on campus. And the heritage advisor, as part of that, he, you know, people will get in touch with him saying that I found this, I found this. So he can go out there and he can be that one to kind of say like, no, this is just a rock or yeah. yes, this is actually something. Here's kind of what we can do next. So it's not exactly working around the government. It's just facilitating their process mm. to make things happen a little bit quicker. And with kind of local connections that people trust, I think, especially with government, people will often see that uh, it's someone from Sydney. It's someone from over there who I don't know who's going to come in and tell me what to do on my property. But if you can get around these local connections, they know the land. They've, and they and their family have lived on this land 
for thousands of years. So they can kind of give some more solid advice on what to do. Is it a similar process if it's a fossil site as well? Um, fossils are a little bit different that, again, there's no legal requirement mm-hmm. to get in touch with a First Nations community. Um, I think it's more of a courtesy. Um, so, you know, the geology team and paleontology at UNEO was just chatting to Marissa Betts. She was saying that when they go out on country for paleontology fieldwork or that kind of thing, they will also try and get permission from the local um landholders um, as well as the local Aboriginal community, um, even if it's legally not on their land. So, you know, it might be a private lease, a private farm that they've been granted permission to go onto, but they'll also get permission from the the wider local Aboriginal community to say, we're going on country. Would you like to do a welcome? You have a lot of knowledge about this land that, you know, kind of feeds into our knowledge systems as well. Would you like to accompany us? So, unfortunately, it really depends on the institution and often the individual scientist if they will actually go that extra step to get this permission um, or even just reach out to a local community. Um, I hope it's starting to change, but I think Marissa is um, and her team are kind of the minority at the moment, but they're pushing for really good change. Yeah, which I think is a really great thing to do. I suppose finally... um what why is it important that we that we learn about this and that we know what to do in the event of finding a fossil or an artifact or anything like that i think a lot of people see these objects as kind of natural curiosities they're cool to look at but really these are the archives of our shared past Um, whether you are indigenous or non-indigenous all of these fossils and artifacts and sites they help to tell the story of the collective life on Earth. It's been a long journey, kind of billions and millions of years in the making. And if people are kind of, you know, actively destroying this stuff or even just not reporting it and neglecting it, then we might not have these archives of the past to pass down to the next generations. So culturally and scientifically, there is still so much we can learn from them. So even if you think it's a rock, it's still always worth telling someone because it could actually be the next big thing. Yeah. I really love that that phrase, the archives of the past. It's just really beautiful. What do you have coming up with your Founder Fossil project? Is there anything big coming this year? So kind of the latest project, which was very cool. So um, there's this big paleontologist in the UK and his name is Mike Benton. And he wrote my first year paleontology textbook. So he wrote kind of everything. He has so many publications. He's kind of a big deal, um, especially in dinosaur paleontology. Um, And he emailed me um, out of the blue. He said that he'd seen my founder fossil project and would I like to write a paper for his journal um, about the project and a few other things that we're doing. So I'm actually working with Marissa Betts from UNE and a few others um, around here to kind of talk about the relationship between museums, First Nations communities, fossils, and how we can make this heritage protection better for the future. That's fantastic. That's really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a good and interesting project. Yeah, I hope so. It really sounds it. Thank you so much for coming on, Sally, and for sharing with us your knowledge and your expertise and definitely your passion about this subject. I really hope people out there have learnt a little bit. And, you know, if we have any farmers out there listening, maybe you're inspired to report a find that you might have on your site or, you know, talk more about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very honest with the project and the website that you are so welcome. Send me pictures of your finds and 
even if I don't have the expertise to identify them, I know people who do. So if you're, again, not quite sure if it's a rock or not, uh, you can send it to me and hopefully we can figure out what you've got. Yeah, and it's it really is just found a fossil. That's all you need to Google. It'll be the first thing that pops up.